this guy, that hey, guy, that guy, oh, that guy over there, and this guy over here. Can you hear me? I have, yeah, I hear you great. Cool. I have a, I have a friend in uh, San Diego that you know that's from Jersey, and that's pretty much how we talk to each other all day long. Really? Yeah, because I mean, I don't get no enough East Coast back here. Yeah, she has a lot of the uh, the fire. So pretty much every time we see each other, like, hey, this guy, yay. <laughs> it gets into bagel talk real quick. That's funny. Water. Water, yeah. My wife can't My wife can't let me say water or Mario without correcting me. It's Mario. Well, my, wife, my wife says San Diego instead of San Diego. So, I mean, it's not a thing. We all got to live with things, you know? Everybody's got Everybody's got something. <laughs> That's hilarious. We all got our problems. All right, let me see. Okay, yeah, we're good. We're on. All right, cool. Uh, welcome, guys. If you're listening with us uh, live at this moment, uh, let us know. Great to hear from you. And um, oh, I see some some oldies but goodies popping through. That's awesome. Hey, um, good to see you guys here. Good to see you here, Dana. So uh, we want to bring through something today that. Um, you know, Guy and I have been on our personal journey quest. Uh, some of you guys have been with us for a while. I know Dana has. Um, and we started our journey, our personal journey, uh, when Guy was 19, I was 21. So, God, many, many, many moons ago at this point. Uh, and for many of those years, uh, I would say for a good part of probably like 13, 14 years of that, uh, we really lived in the world where I think most people that are in the personal development space live. And it's not, I'm, I'm not making this space wrong or anything like that. Uh, about five years ago, through some plant medicine work and meeting some certain healers and practitioners, we really started evolving where our work is taking us today. And um, I think what's starting to happen, bro, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it feels like everything else where at first you have these experiences, but it always begins with this conceptual construct understanding of life. So I feel like for the when we first started, we had read these things in books, we understood these concepts, et cetera. And I think now the more we've been in practice with it, um, I feel like we're finding new ways to point at it, uh, at least with words that can help you out there listening, uh, listen to it differently, embody it differently. And I, I'm clear, by the way, that it doesn't matter how we spin this and how we paint this and how we describe this. At best, uh, you're going to be left with an understanding, um, you know, and, and that's a good start but really this work lives in the experience. Um, and so whether you decide to work with us or someone like us that does this level of work, um, that's really where it's going to go to. But today I want to share with you uh, kind of the, the a magical third place uh, that we have kind of like this pocket that I feel like we've been living in uh, and hopefully I can do a good enough job explaining it today and guy can maybe like, helps tweak some things here. Um, I've, I've never quite shared it this way. So this will be uh, an interesting 
exploration that we get to go on. I was trying to look at the way that uh, humans operate out in the world. And so there's two ways that people deal with life, okay? The majority of way. And so today we're gonna introduce you to this third way that I, I don't think many people know of because it is, while ancient, is also the most cutting edge out there. So the first way that most humans deal with life, and I'm gonna just preface this by probably saying that you out there listening to us, you're probably not in this camp, but you'll you'll quickly realize what I'm talking about. Most of humanity, I would even say like 99% of humans, the way they deal with life is if something upsets them, if something scares them, if something saddens them or whatever it might be, they go and attempt to change the out there to make the in here feel better. Now, we do this, all of us, I mean, I was just as guilty of this. Uh, we do this to a fault, right? It's like, this relationship doesn't make me happy. Okay, so I'm either going to change you or I'm going to get out of this relationship and find someone new. We later only find out that the next person usually becomes the last person and all that keeps spinning and we keep doing the same thing. Or you're in a job and you're like, you know what? This job isn't for me. So you go find the other job and then lo and behold, you end up with the same type of manager with the same type of complaints. Some of you might even leave a, to a different state to leave your problems because New Jersey is the problem state. So if I go to California, my life will be better. And then you get to California and it's good for a little while. And then all this shit comes following you. You're talking about someone you know? No, no. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was carving up way too heavy in Jersey. I had to leave <laughs> to learn about fair trade and organic and you know whole bean you know, spirulina. That's it, you know. Until you're drinking chlorophyll, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Fanny's like, "What's spirulina?" I was like, uh. <laughs> "Side note, that was hilarious." I sent that video without listening to what was in it. We'll we'll tell the story after. It was amazing. amazing. So that's the way that most humans are dealing with life, right? It's like, I'm not okay in here, so I'm going to fix and move everything out there so I can be okay in here. But the truth of the matter is that it doesn't matter how many pieces you move out here because the unhappiness or sadness or fear or loneliness or whatever is in here, it only takes so long for that to rise up again. So that's option one. And that's where kind of most humanity lives. Option two is where I would say most of you listening are probably in. And that is you've realized that, wait, I am responsible for what is happening out there and in here. So I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna try to fix these things and figure out why I do the things the way I do. And that's kind of the whole world of, of, of the mindset, personal development space, right? It's like, I know now that it's not you or the circumstance or the state that I live in or the job or anything like that. I've, I had a aha moment and I am the person in charge of all of this. So I'm going to go in here and I'm going to start to move and fix the things in here 
so that I don't feel that way anymore. And then out there will be better. And that's the, the best way I can explain kind of the, the personal development world. Again, here's the thing. If that's where you're at, give yourself a fucking pat on the back. Like, I'm not saying this. This is you're already in the 1% of people like you already in a place where you've taken enough responsibility to get that the out there isn't doing anything to you, right? It's like you're affecting this. Now, that's the work that Guy and I did for 13 years. Can I tell you that my life became way more enjoyable, my relationships better, my uh, all of it. It improved all of it. And yet, and yet, we came to the edge of the capabilities of that. And that's what I want to talk about today. Think about, so, so step one, right? We're, we're shifting everything out there, right? Like we're efforting, moving all these pieces out there. That's option one. Option two, we've realized it's in, but we're now moving everything in here. There's still effort. <clears throat> There's still managers that you're just giving these managers better tools to manage what's happening inside so that when sadness comes, you go, Oh, I've anchored this sensation. So now I can feel empowered while being really upset. And right. We learn all these amazing tricks and these managers go like, you don't have to feel sad. Let me just move this thing around and on and on. But there's so much effort involved because at the, at the underlying part of all of it is that there's still a part of you that you feel is broken, that it's up to you to fix or solve in order to make the inside okay. Does that, bro, does that make sense? Is that like a, a good enough? Okay. Because this is really, really important. And again, nothing wrong with that. But because there's a trying and because there's an efforting involved, we're actually cutting ourselves off from source when we do that. And that brings us to what we have been exploring, this like whole other pool that we've started to swim in that says something completely different. What if the game wasn't about trying to figure out how to move or fix the things inside, but simply this, and I get it when I say it, you're going to be like, that's too fucking simple. That's impossible, et cetera. So just bear with me. What if all it was, was creating an ability to watch and become aware of what was happening inside? That's it. Not to fix it, not to move it, not to even understand it. Simply watch. And I'll give you an example. I'll go dark and deep right away. I'm not even going to like stepping stone into it. I'm just going to dive into it. Someone dies. Someone that you really, truly love. You are terrified of them dying. 
they die. You begin to feel a kind of sadness, despair, loss that you have never felt before in your life, ever. Like it is, it feels like someone is ripping you apart from the inside. And you get to a place where not only you sit and just watch this epic levels of sadness and grief and loss. Further than that, not just watch, watch in awe and absolute love of the fact that you can experience such a depth of feeling, such a depth of loneliness and sadness and grief that you are capable of experiencing that level of depth of emotion. You lose your income and you are sitting in a state of fear like you have never experienced before. Death, hunger, loss of roof over your head, all of these things, very, very real. Option one, I'm going to run around and figure everything out, how to move all these pieces. Option two, I'm going to figure out how to overcome this fear that's inside. Or option three, I'm going to watch in awe of the level of fear that is occurring in my body at this very moment without trying to make it go away, without trying to remove it, without even trying to dull it. Just simply watch it and experience it to its fullest and be like, wow, I cannot imagine the depth of feeling that I'm experiencing right now. Because I've been sharing this on some of our uh, coaching calls and I, I just want to share this analogy with you. Like when you watch a movie, any movie or a show or whatever it is, right? If the things that you watched were always happy, always happy, right? It's like the music was always upbeat. People were always having incredible experience. You wouldn't fucking watch the movie, right? Like it's the time where the soundtrack gets really scary and ominous, or it gets really tense, or it gets really sad that we feel like we're a part of something where the insides here start to activate where you might cry for a character that just died or, or had some crazy thing happen to them it's those moments that we're like wow that was a really great movie but yet when it happens in our lives and these low notes of the orchestra happen in our lives we will do everything in our power to just make it go away we can't be there in awe of like, look at the symphony that is my life at this very moment. So I want to start to, with guys' help, kind of like bring more out of this, of this pool that we've been sitting in, where we simply, I mean, it's as simple as I can make it. We simply watch and allow for, some people call it Shakti, divine, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, to move something through us in its perfect way 
And then the second you say that you shouldn't be experiencing that, you stop that flow and process. So even with all the mindset tricks that we have and the reframe, da, 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 every time you do that, you're actually bypassing a healing opportunity to make yourself feel better in the moment, but that thing never leaves until it's fully healed. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're about here now at Satori Prime is that depth of healing. So I'll leave it at that and I'll let you share and hopefully you can clarify or that's take a lot further. of that's a lot of biscuits you left in my basket i'm not really yeah. sure what that means but um so i was uh, a few things came up for me I, I have like a headache that's coming on right now right in this moment and i i traditionally have not um taken any medicine for headaches in, in a number of years but um for whatever reason over the last few months they've gotten pretty intense so like um i, I have a fear right now that this headache is going to get really intense today. And I'm thinking about the rest of my day. So I'm like, do I sit with the headache? This kind of plays into what you're talking about. Do I sit with the headache and experience it is which, which is what I've been doing. And, and again, like having actually pretty tremendous spiritual experiences during some of these headaches um, or because I want to achieve and get throughout my day and be productive. Do I take a pill bypass it, even though the pain still exists? And, and, and take it. And so there's that conditioned response of, oh, I can just go get relief by yep. doing X, Y, and Z. So it's making me think about exactly what you're talking about because pain is pain, whether it's emotional, physical, perceived, et cetera, right? So, that, so I want to kind of bring through that when we're experiencing something, there's always going to be, or to the extent that there will be a conditioned response is where most people are at. The knee jerk, here's what society has told me to do. And, and most people will opt for Western medicine because that's been the conditioning that we've been given, even though for thousands of years, homeopathy was the way that human beings did this, where homeopathy is instead of uh, changing the chemistry of the body, gives the body a um, information and a directive to do something internally that, that doesn't actually change the, the chemistry. So it kind of made me think of this uh, analogy about how we're like dealing with our, with our physical pain. So I think, you know, where, where, where most people will be left with a conversation like this is even if you understand it at a, a like a basal level, like the, the next question is, well, how do I view? How do I view from a place that's just an awe? Because we, it makes me think here, I just kind of want to like play the crux over here on the other side oh, is like, it makes me think that I have to be in gratitude for pain. And I think, I think. I believe that what we offer in our coaching is actually a layer that's even though gratitude may import, be important, like if there was a step one, step two, step three, and step three is like doing nothing, which to the average person seems insane from either step two or step one, because it's like step one and step two sees that you have to do something, even viewing, <laughs> even viewing is doing something. They don't really get that the viewing at step three is actually an active view like most people don't get that just sitting in meditation is actually an active participation in something, even though to the naked eye or to the five senses, it looks like nothing. Like, uh, you know, I regularly joke when I sit with my mentor, if you walked into a room with him and I, um, it just looks like two idiots sitting in a chair together. It doesn't look like anything's happening at all. Uh, but in the energetics and what is being exchanged and being taught, at a level that's beyond mind is like so far beyond what words can express. And that's what's been radically changing our lives. 
Did you want to pop in for a second? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I think where I, I find that the mind might get stuck is like, so you're telling me that you wanted me to be grateful for my sadness, which in an extent, yes, I think that is what you're saying. And at step two or level two, right, that might occur like, um, like something to do. Like, do you know, do you get what I'm getting at over here? Yep. Kind of. It's like, oh, okay, now I need to be grateful for this pain. And it's, and, and it's not actually what Elon's saying. Elon's just saying that's like, you can actually be in awe, like sit with and be just blown away that your system can even experience or do this thing and that it's doing it. So, and it's doing it pretty much on its own, right? If certainly like your, your mind state is like going to affect some of the chemistry in there, but it's like, there's a response to the event that's occurring. That's actually a natural expression of how a human being starts grieving for a loss or any animal would experience yeah. grieving for a loss. And then the conditioned mind might come in and start being like, eh, let's go over here. That doesn't feel so good. And you're not actually experiencing the whole of the experience, which could actually get parts stuck to you that may come out into your life later on. You know, like uh, how many stories have we heard of like somebody who's like 30, 40 years old, like, yeah, I was ticking along real good, achieving, making a lot of money. And then I started having panic attacks out of nowhere. Yep. Right. Like out of nowhere. And I was just oh, nowhere. Yeah, just debilitated or, you know, Lyme disease uh, suddenly shows up in the body, even though Lyme disease can live in the body an entire lifetime, not being expressed. So it's like what's having that expression suddenly happen is where 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 people are dealing with things from the level or level one or level two things. And I'll say it this way. It seems to me I don't want to say like I know for a fact, but it seems to me from my personal experience and having worked with tens of thousands of people that 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 is usually what's affecting them is some kind of psychosomatic response or something in the body that hasn't been healed. And the energy is just building and building and building till you can no longer um, deny that, deny that it's there. Um, anything you want to add on that piece? I, can I just share like a quick little thing that you reminded me of? Sure. Um, you were talking about this this level of awe, and as you were saying it, I I know some people will be able to relate to this, maybe others won't. I had a flashback to the first time I ever took uh, psilocybin. I ever took mushrooms. I I was standing in front of this huge window, staring out at this tree, and um, the tree started to move and it became faces and shapes and all these things. And I remember experiencing like fear, like, like real fear in my body. But I had this other part of my mind and this is before I did any personal development work. Like I didn't know any of this stuff. I had a part that was watching all of this transpire and all this fear rise up in my body and it knew it was like my mind is making up all of this stuff right now none of the stuff that i'm seeing is real like i ingested something that is creating this whole moving world around me and i remember standing there watching fear come up in my body just like before you know like i was jumping up and down in elation and seeing all but even in that moment i i remember i didn't even have any conscious awareness or language around any of this but i sat there in awe of like wow isn't it amazing what our brain is capable of doing that i'm seeing something that's absolutely not real like i know it's not real but in this moment i'm experiencing such a depth of fear 
So you just reminded me of like, that was me actually being in awe of being in fear. Yeah. I remember uh, in 2017 when I went through that, that breakup and I was feeling that, that despair. That's actually also what hit me at that time. I remember I started feeling things that I had just hadn't felt in like 30 years, maybe since I was like 12 years old. I remember my first breakup, like it was really, you know, oh, she left me. I was like 14 or something. No, Delaney and Joe? Yeah, Delaney and Joe with the, with the chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> Starting for another time. Uh, so, so many inside jokes. Um, that's what happens when you live with somebody for 37 years. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, all the weird intimate stuff that embarrasses them still when they're 37 years old. Uh, <laughs> you're going to need to sit with that part later. <laughs> I call this part Jelania. Uh, <laughs> so, but I remember that point, like, you know, I had dealt with breakups before and they were kind of painful, but it was like, it was very short lived or whatever. And this one was like just despair and heartache and everything was gray, but it was the same thing. I had this like little voice in the back of my head. That's like, this is crazy. Like, look at the depth of emotion that you're currently experiencing. And I, and I remember thinking this is profound. Like I don't get an opportunity to feel as much as I'm feeling in this moment. And instead of it, like, of course I wanted it to be over, but instead of it scaring me, it almost excited me. I'm like, what, what gets to turn up in the system when you feel stuff like this? And the answer was, I didn't really know because it hadn't really happened in such a long time. And it reminded me of things that happened when I was a kid, like that kind of, that heartache, that pain when like mom and dad is leaving or, you know, like a, a grandparent leaves and those kind of things that Elon and I had to deal with because we, we immigrated where our, our family was kind of, you know, not really taken from us, but I'll use that language, like taken from us over and over again. And I remember it feeling like this, like great loss all the time until I was like, make, I actually remember actively making two decisions. Number one, that I'm not going to cry anymore when grandparents leave. Um, cause I remember seeing dad not cry. I remember me, you and mom were in a car just like bawling our eyes out and dad wasn't crying. And I'm like, how come he's not crying? I'm like, I don't want to cry anymore. I remember that. And I remember one time, um, you and mom were downstairs having a conversation and I was 12 years old and I was upstairs playing with my Legos, which is ironic cause I'm building Legos right now, um, in my life. But I was playing with Legos upstairs and I remember I was listening to a conversation you guys were having downstairs. And I remember thinking, I distinctly remember thinking this, wow, they're having an adult conversation. Like you're having an adult conversation with mom. That's what I thought to myself. And I thought, I don't really understand what they're talking about, but I'm interested in knowing. And I thought you can't know these things when you're still playing with kids toys and doing kids things. And Mm. I remember, I actually remember walking down the stairs and making a decision that that would be the last time I would play with my toys. I was like 12 years old or something like that. And I remember, and I really remember walking down the stairs and th- telling myself, "Remember this moment, because wow. it's going to be important." Because it was like a, it was like a distinct line I was making between who I was and who I thought I was supposed to become. And I went downstairs, and I remember I sat down and I listened to whatever conversation you guys were having. It might have been around relationships or something. And I listened, but I had no fucking clue what you were talking about. Mm. Like that was kind of that's kind of what it was. I had no context for it. So anyway, I'm saying all this because I think that that's the kind of stuff we do along the way, whether unconsciously or subconsciously, but it's like, like you said, there, there's an ability to cultivate an awareness. 
and this awareness, we use this word a lot, but it's, it's unconditionally loving, which means that it can view the lens of all things occurring from complete and utter neutrality with the same appreciation and love that a mother has for a child. When the child is upset, the love doesn't shrink. It doesn't change. It does conditions under which the mother is going to love the child doesn't change at all. And it's just like pure presence. And in fact, most of the time in awe that the child has this ability to go through crests and troughs of emotions and energies and experiences in such a short period of time that the mother is literally like, whoa, because I'm going through that every day with my baby. So I I totally see that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, hopefully that adds something to the conversation. Yeah, I I want to make a, a quick distinction here because we've been talking a lot about uh, feeling. And when I say feeling, I don't necessarily mean feel feelings. Okay, Feelings can be very tricky, I guess is the word I'm going to say, because the mind is basically the one that's labeling something as a feeling let, let me it, let me say what i mean i also want to say and i want to add and it's been conditioned to label a certain sensation a certain way and then deal with it through that conditioning correct so it's like it might not even be the natural way that your body would deal with that sensation but since you've been taught when you're angry you do such and such you will be like okay this is the this is the patterning i go through to deal with anger when it probably has not worked for you your entire lifetime, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you an example that even my, you know, six-year-old daughter at the time understood. And that is, you know, what are the sensations that you have in your body when you're, let's say, really nervous, right? Your heart rate quickens. You might feel some like like movement or, you know, people call it butterflies in your stomach your palms might even get sweaty or you might get sweaty if you're an adult, right? All these, these are sensations that you're experiencing. But if I were to say to you, how does your body experience like super excitement? Like, like you're really excited and jazzed up for something. Aren't they the same things? you like, your heart rate's going to quicken. You're going to have some stuff like rumbling and moving in your stomach. Cause like you're super excited. You might even sweat. What, creates the difference between nervousness and excitement because your body's responding in very like the, the sensations in the body are very very similar but you can notice how the mind will look out into what's happening in the environment and it will label these sensations as oh it's this feeling and the second you know people that have panic attacks i mentioned it before Panic attacks happen because there's some sensation that happens in the body that the mind has seen when this sensation builds up, it leads to X, Y, and Z. So every time that sensation happens in the body, the mind goes, oh shit, here we go again, brace, DEFCON 4, and then it sends the body into this whole spin. If we can get to a place, what we're saying is like, Don't get lost in the feeling. Don't get lost in the emotion. Become aware and present and watch the sensation. Right? Like 
guy you used to do this thing all the time on his arms, right? Like, so if you go like this with your finger, now there's a scratch there. But if I'm not dealing with it as such, I'm not like, oh my God, it's the worst pain. Like I'm going to die. Take me to the hospital. Right. I'm like, whatever. It's a, you know, a thing. So if I'm actually becoming now aware and you can do this to your own arm, like scratch your arm and just don't label it scratch. Just notice like, what's the sensation? So I can walk you through right now. Like I feel tingling, like, like a, a tingling on my skin that's moving. And it's actually more pronounced here than it is here. It's like less tingling here. And as I'm becoming more aware of it, the tingling, I can actually feel like the tingling dissipate. It almost feels like it's like going deeper into the layers of my skin. And if I kept watching it, eventually this, whatever this sensation is, will disappear into the ether, just like everything else, because nothing is infinite, right? Everything has a finite wave. So it comes and it goes. So that depth of sadness that I spoke about with the loss of someone, you won't feel that for your entire life forever. Like that's an impossibility, right? You're going to feel it in this wave. And then that wave is eventually going to dissipate. And then you're going to feel it again. And that wave is going to come. You might see a picture or listen to a song or something. And that wave is going to come like big time again. And then it's going to dissipate. And that's just the sense of like how everything in life goes. It just has this wave to it. I'll just leave it with this. What I've also noticed in doing this work and watching these waves, I went from having these like super high ecstatic experience to like really, really low miserable experiences in my life. And the more I've gotten to this place where I can truly watch everything with love and awe and appreciation and just, wow, look at what my system is capable of experiencing. Like all these crunches and this intense pain that I don't even know what the fuck this pain is, but it's, it's shooting down my leg now. And like, and then it disappears. And what's happened is I was actually just talking to uh, our coach about this. It's like the waves no longer are this. They've kind of like mellowed. Yeah, they're gentle. And I find myself in states where I don't get like exuberantly like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. And I also don't get like, oh, my God, my life is over. I just, I just don't. I just feel like I'm riding this balance right in the middle. And it makes, at least for me, my life is so much more joyful and peaceful and stable, if that, if I can even use that word. It just feels not like I'm in control of anything. I'm, I'm clear. I have no control about anything. But I just enjoy more of every experience because I'm like, ooh. Now, I guess today I get to have this experience. I guess I get now I get to have that experience. Like I was saying, like, I get to have the experience of headache. I get to have the experience of, you know, knee pain. I get to have the experience of soreness in my body. I get to have the experience of fear around my children or my health, all of it. And, and I, yeah, I, I do really love the experience. Uh, yeah, so to add to all this, so I, I believe that energy is always on credit. 
right? Like you, whatever energy we're in right now, it's on credit and credit comes back with interest. <laughs> so, so if you're, you know, like drug experiences, for instance, right, are, are, are peak experiences or ecstatic experiences like you're talking about, that energy is on credit and it gets paid back with interest. So you're going to come down with equal and opposite and probably a little bit more as you pay back that energy. So it's kind of like most people are, are swimming out in open waters in the ocean and these fucking storms come, right? And in order to stay afloat, you got to use a lot, a lot of energy and they're very tired at the end of the day. Or it's like learning, I think, to view things this way. It's kind of like, oh, okay, I'm done with the ocean. I'm going to hang out on this lake. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just like, I'm going to float here. And I think, so part of this is like, you're talking about the, the energy waves moving. Now, if, if energy is moving and there's a certain vibration that you're in, right? So we talk about low vibrations and how experiences and low vibrations take a long time. But also when you're in resistance and energy is moving, it's like building a dam while the water is moving. So the water has to hit the dam, maybe flood up and move over. But again, it takes like longer for that experience to occur versus just like Elon is, is attempting to express with his experiences, which is like, cool, I'm in awe of this. I'm going to observe it from this neutral, unconditional place. I'm going to watch these things just move through my system. And by the way, guys, I know we're saying this and, every, and you could be like, yeah, I understand. I can watch from a neutral place. Here's the thing. Can you? Because I, I know it's taken years for Elon and I to get mentorship, reflection, and practices that have allowed us to identify in all the ways that we don't. Because when things, like even now, inevitably, things will come into Elon and, and my life that we still don't have the capacity to feel through. So people say like, feel it to heal it. But here's the crux of that. You can't just sit there and be like, okay, I'm in despair. I'm just gonna feel a despair. <laughs> You're actually not viewing it from an unconditional neutral place. You're merging with despair and now you are becoming despair and expressing despair. And all that's doing is looping this energy. So there's a lot of therapies out there that I know my friends have done and people I know that they go do. And at the end of it, they say, I feel re-traumatized. And I'm like, I get it because they brought you to the experience, but you were still merged into the experience. So instead of viewing it from neutrality, you viewed it from inside the experience. And now, if anything, you've probably attached more stuff to it and it's probably gonna trigger and, 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 and come up again. And I've even done those kind of therapies where at the end I'm like, why did I just spend five days doing that? Should I feel worse than ever, right? And so part of it is like detaching from, and this has become a, a, a thing for us so much so that we trademarked it, is that doing any sort of spiritual or personal development work is really not about making yourself feel better. And if you do developmental work in order to feel better, you're often gonna feel worse and you're actually gonna slow down your progress. So our philosophy has become, uh, stop trying to make yourself feel better, just get better at feeling. So what Elon is talking about is, is becoming aware, and this is like Buddhism 101, but again, if you haven't really practiced it, it, it you will try to make it a philosophy in which you understand life through instead of a way of being that you experience life through. And like anything else, it takes awareness. So you might view things from neutrality once every few years, right? If you've never practiced this before or, or, or maybe never. And then if you do that, you'd be like, whoa, that was different. But as you start practicing this, okay, it becomes once a month, once a week, 
once every few days, right? And you can see how it grows and grows. And it's like once every few hours, then it's like a few times an hour. Now it's a few times a minute until it becomes so seamless in what we're calling time that it just becomes the way that you view, right? It's just moment by moment awareness, moment by moment awareness, moment by moment awareness. And that's what we're hopefully, I believe, Elon and I are growing towards by continuing to get mentorship and, re and reflection because the reality that we have found is there's only so much healing work you can do within yourself. And the rest, cause there's like, there's like my relationship to myself, right? Then there's my relationship to others. There's my relationship to group. There's my relationship to world. And at each one of those levels, you get to have healing, but you also need that relationship to be present in order to do that healing. How many of you guys, you know, who are listening or will be listening to this can probably relate to this. Like you're not in a relationship. You go to take a bunch of classes on how to be awesome in a relationship. You're like, fuck, I'm going to be, I can't wait to get into a relationship because now I'm going to crush it. And you get into that relationship and all the same shit before you did any of those classes shows up and you're like beside yourself because you're like, how come I just did five years of relationship tantra work and I'm still yelling at her like she's my mother? You know, like, <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense, but that's because the relationship wasn't actually there to trigger those parts for you to sit with and view them again from a neutral place. And it's really, it's really important the way that life works. Like evolution is about creating those re-triggers, not in order to upset you, actually to give you an opportunity because it loves you. What we're calling this God or unified field or whatever you're, you wanna call it, it loves you so much that it wants you to heal those parts so that you can reconnect with this eternal unified field and force that actually so dramatically can change your life, right? You hear people say it all the time, but you hear it a lot in the context of dogmatic religion, like, oh, I found Jesus and then all this stuff happening. But in a way they're right. It's like, it's like a lot of times it feels like people are doing it from a dogmatic understanding place versus like really reconnecting with the field. When you reconnect with the field, I mean, healing, like, you know, spontaneous healing, uh, radical synchronicity. I mean, what I call unquantifiable synchronicity starts happening. Um, support that doesn't make sense. Uh, things in your life that are troubling just suddenly seem to resolve themselves. What we find is the more people meddle in their life, the harder their lives become. Yep. The more they view from neutrality, the easier their lives become. Like magical circumstances happen that you don't have to plan it so much anymore, if at all. It's just like sit, inspiration happens, you act upon it. That's pretty much it. And the rest you kind of like leave to God because God, or again, I was listening to Alan Watts for the first time today on YouTube. And sometimes I forget that like a few hundred years ago or even 50 years ago, there were some really smart fucking people on this planet that had this stuff pretty well handled. And he was talking about how, how God, there's nothing wrong with the word, but we, we have made so much meaning and attached so many things to it that we've, we've taken such a holy thing and made it. And he's like, we've had so many words for this throughout um, throughout our history, but it really is just a unified consciousness. It's a unified field that loves and supports everything that it produces. So if you want to start experiencing that, that love, and we're not talking about lust or infatuation, we're actually talking about like a connection to something that, that sourced you like a mother to a child, that type of love, right? And, and all the things that that can bring into your life, then this, this third path, so to speak, that we're talking about in transformation, to me, 
is the biggest portal that I have ever seen to give you access to that. I fully agree. Yeah. And it's, again, like, we've been at this game for a long time. My guess is that we're not unique in any stretch of the imagination. It's just that I think personal development in the in the outset is very exciting. It, it's it's you know you read the books, you have these amazing aha moments. You're like, oh, I'm you know taking control of my life, blah blah. blah. It, it took me 12, 13 years of doing that work of the boomerang effect of like, why why am I still looking at that stupid three year old moment like? How many more times do I have to look at this? It took that kind of repetition to get to this place where I was like, what's next? Because I'm done trying to manage and and work past this or around this or overcome this or empower myself through this. Like, I was just done with it. So whether it's now for you or whether it's going to be five or ten years down the road, um, hopefully it doesn't take you ten years of work to begin to inquire on how to actually heal yourself from the inside out. And if you want to learn how to do that, um, there's a link. If you watch this live, you've seen it. If you're listening to this on the podcast, if you go to joinoldsouls.com, joinoldsouls.com, we have curated an incredible Facebook group where we're going to be sharing more content uh, about what this work is, why this work is profoundly important. Uh, we're going to give you opportunities to dive into live events with us, live calls with us, ask us questions, talk to us for free. Like there, there's a multitude of things uh, and we were kind of building it as our hub of everything that we're doing. So the group is called Old Souls and Seekers. It's a private Facebook group. Uh, and if you go to joinoldsouls.com, you can get all the information on how to ask to join that group. And that's where we're going to interact with you and uh, and keep sharing more of this with you. Beautiful. All right, guys, we'll uh, close it out with that. Look forward to uh, speaking to you guys. Like Elon said, joinoldsouls.com. We'll see you in the group. Love you lots. Thank you for your attention. We'll see you next time, right, guys. Thank you so much. Bye.